0: The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour, So oh, may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Mark in the fourth chapter. And when Jesus was alone... Those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. He said the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself. First the blade in the ear, and then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle, for the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown in the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet When it's sown, it grows up, and it becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make their nests in the shade. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them, and they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I invite you to be seated. at the end of last year, several of us at the church started reading a book called The King Jesus Gospel. The King Jesus Gospel. I think for us as, especially as Americans, we don't typically think of Jesus in those terms. If we think about Jesus, we think about Jesus crucified, or we think about Jesus is Lord, or we think about Jesus as the teacher, or that Jesus is my friend we have images in our head that, you know, this is true about everybody, but they, they are, are cultural images. They're images that are, are comfortable images that we use, uh, you know, typically. But the idea of Jesus being king is not one of those images that is central to our identity. It certainly is not central to our understanding or our cultural picture of who Jesus is. And yet, we still continually call him Jesus Christ. Now, last week, I talked with the, the little ones about that name, Jesus Christ. Christ meaning the Messiah, the one who is anointed by God, the one who is Lord. The word Christ simply means that. It means the anointed one. It means the king. When we say Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we're saying King Jesus, who is God's Son. This is King Jesus and yet that's not the way that we typically approach Jesus, by saying that Jesus is king. Because when we think about kings, we, we, you think about popular culture, we have a couple of different images of kings. One is the, the image that we get from the British monarchy, the modern British monarchy, not the historic one, but the modern British monarchy, which is, these are rich people who are sort of ethereal, and they exist on this other... Plain, they're, they're not like us, right? You can watch the crown and see that these are not people who live life the way that we do. They exist in the sort of otherness, and there's, there's a, a you know, a comfort in, in seeing the, the, the monarchy in that way. You say, "Oh well, this, this makes me feel like there's some security. There's, it makes the world a little bit classier every day. But you think about our pop culture images of kings, usually. Almost always, the king is a tyrant, because that's the way that we tell stories, especially as Americans. Our our cultural identity is rooted in the fact that kings are tyrants. That's that's that makes us who we are. And so, it's difficult for us to say, well, this, well, Jesus is king. I'm like, well, well, let's let's be careful about how we use that word, king, there, Lee. He's not a tyrant. He's like a good king. You know, like my friend. We, we like default back to he's a good king. Like he's my brother and you know, he's a good king. He's like, we, we want to get away from that and we want to soften the image. But the truth is that Jesus is king. We serve, we worship, we belong to King Jesus. But here is what we talked about when we read that book The King Jesus Gospel, what we've been talking about at St. Aidan's for, for a number of years is that the kingdom, when we talk about a kingdom, we imagine that it's this place that we go to. It's this place that exists. But the truth is that God's kingdom is not a place. God's kingdom is where God is king. We can't get in our car and drive to God's kingdom. As much as we would like to some days. We just go, you know, probably not move in there because, you know, that would be really difficult for us. But God's kingdom is a place that we, we, we would like to, you know, do a day trip to. You know, maybe maybe take a, a short visit there. But here's the truth, that God's kingdom is wherever God is king. The place where King Jesus reigns is God's kingdom. And Jesus wants to help us, initially to help his disciples, but to help us to understand what it means for us to belong to God's kingdom, to belong to King Jesus. What does it look like for us to live with Jesus as our king, as our only king. What does that look like? The people who lived around Jesus didn't like the idea of the kingdom that he was describing. Earlier in this section, the religious leaders had come all the way from Jerusalem. Now, this is a long journey to come from Jerusalem all the way to Caesarea, where Jesus lives and is teaching at this time. It's a long journey, and yet these These religious leaders went all the way across Samaria, all the way into this other part of the country in order to confront him, in order to tell him that he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, that in fact what he was speaking were the words of demons. But Jesus rebukes them. Jesus says to them, That whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit does not belong to God. That those who come to Christ and accuse Christ's work of being any work other than the work of God prove by their actions that they don't belong to God, that they belong to a different kingdom, that they have a different king. Well, that doesn't sit well with them. And so the community leaders gather up some of Jesus' family and they say, Look, he's crazy. And he's making everybody uncomfortable, and you need to go gather him up and take him home and maybe send him off to live with a relative far away for a while until he cools his heels. He's making everybody uncomfortable, so just shush him for a minute. And when they show up, Jesus says, My family are the ones who follow me. My family are the ones who live beside me. Now, sometimes we we read that passage and we say, oh, well, Jesus is rejecting his family. He's not rejecting his family. He's defining his family. We know that two of Jesus' close kinsmen were disciples, were in his inner group. We know that his mother followed him along the entirety of his, of, of his ministry. These weren't people that he was rejecting. These are people that he's saying, these people belong to me, but they don't belong to me because I was born here. They belong to me because this is the place where God is king. And they belong to the kingdom, and so we belong to each other. So the religious leaders are sent packing. And the tribal leaders are sent packing because Jesus says that God's kingdom isn't about the religious establishment of this world, and it's not about the family and power of this world. It's not about the way that this world does power. It's not about the way that this world does relationships, that God's kingdom looks completely different than all of that. And so he calls his closest people together, the 12, he calls them together and he begins to describe to them what God's kingdom looks like. He says it's like a sower who goes out and he just flings the seeds everywhere. And he doesn't care where they fall. He just goes out and gives life to everything that he touches. And he releases responsibility for what is going to happen. He gives control of the harvest over entirely to God. He simply goes into the world and shares life. He says, it's like a street lamp. The kingdom of God is like is, is like the world in the midst of darkness and there's this one light shining and all of God's people can be there in the midst of that light and they can see each other and they can be there side by side in the midst of the darkness. It's like a farmer who plants his crops knowing that he's not in charge of whether or not they, they come to fruit. He just plants them trusting that God is the one who takes care of us. He said, God's kingdom is like this tiny weed that grows out in the middle of the field and you don't pay any attention to it until suddenly you turn around and it's this immense bush and everything in, in, the, in, in the garden around it is coming to it because it gives shade and it gives shelter and it gives protection and it gives life. Jesus describes over and over and over again what the kingdom of God looks like and he doesn't describe throne rooms and he doesn't describe armies and he doesn't describe political power. What he describes is people in community. What he describes as life growing. What he describes as dependence on the Father. Everything that he says is about ordinary life. He said, we miss the kingdom of God because we're always looking for something spectacular. We're looking for signs and we're looking for marvels. And the truth is that the kingdom of God isn't revealed in signs and wonders. The kingdom of God is revealed when God's people gather together to proclaim in each other's presence through their words and through their lives that Jesus is our King. In spite of everything else that happens in the world, God's people gather together and say, Jesus is our king. Our king is Jesus. And we're going to live in the kingdom that belongs to Jesus. That's what God's kingdom looks like. It looks like God's people gathered together under one rule to share their lives. It's ordinary. And sometimes that's distracting, at least for me. Maybe that's distracting for you too. The ordinariness of the Christian life, the ordinariness, the unremarkableness of God's kingdom is distracting for me because I want it to be something spectacular. And yet that's not what God's kingdom looks like. God's kingdom looks like a farmer who gives life to everything that he touches. It's like a weed that grows up and you can't control it. It's like a homeowner who simply trusts God to provide for all of his needs. It's like a street lamp that allows God's people to gather together and see each other. In our world, we have this longing and this desire for importance and for immediacy, for instancy. We want to have the things that we want gratified right now. But God's call to us is not to have our needs met right here, right now, in this instance. God's kingdom doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like you and I getting everything that we want as soon as we want it. It looks like what Peterson calls a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. It's unremarkable. It's not heroic. There's nothing heroic about the Christian walk. We want it to be. We desperately, desperately want it to be. But it's not. There's nothing heroic about the Christian walk. It's simply about you and I, every single day, doing the things that Jesus is calling us to do. To trust that God is going to produce, that God is going to provide. And knowing that, to share God's love, God's life everywhere that we go. In every conversation that we have, to have it sprinkled with God's love. God's life. To find those street lamps in the midst of our community and to gather together with God's people to share his peace, to share his comfort, to share communion with him and with each other. That's the weed of the kingdom right there. It grows up and we can't control it. paying any attention to it and then suddenly there's life that transforms everything around us that's what God's calling us at Saint Aidan's to do not to try to perform some kind of heroic version of Christianity because we read about it in a book because we saw it on TV because we heard about it in a story because it looked good on a meme that we shared. What God is calling us at St. Aidan's to do is to be like a farmer who gives life to everything that he touches. It's to be a street lamp where people find peace and safety and security. It's like a housekeeper who knows that God provides for our needs. It's like a tiny seed that invades and shelters and gives comfort and life. That's what God is calling us to do. Not heroic faith, but ordinary faith. To rest in the midst of our ordinariness. A long obedience in the same direction. It looks like us caring for each other. It looks like us serving each other. It looks like us laughing together and weeping together and working together and playing together and praying together. All of those things. It looks like us living life together, living life together as though this was a place where Jesus is king. Because God's kingdom isn't a place that we go to. It's a place that we inhabit. God's kingdom is the place where Jesus is king. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you.